Yo, what up? We are back with another episode of Big Ten Coast to Coast. It's your boy Ant Wright with Matt Lucan. What's up, man? Yo, yo, yo. College basketball, baby, and football at the same time. We time. Uh, football game's going on right now. Basketball's getting the full swing. All good. My mom's texting me to go buy yeah. a Powerball ticket. Yeah, and then... <laughs> it's like $1.6 billion or something right now, right? It's insane. It is insane. It's insane. Shout out to whoever wins that thing, man. Life change. Life change. Me. I've been life changing. It's like family tree, generational changing money. No, to be fair, I'd rather say you only get fifty. You only get fifty percent of that money. Only. Only. Okay. Do you take some, or do you take the monthly annuity, or the like yearly annuity to get the, the yearly annuity for sure? Oh my God, Jesus! I. Come on, man. No, I need to limit myself, man. And you gave me all that money in the world. I'm buying a private island in the Galapagos, okay? Yeah, and then by the time you're done, you realize that you've only spent a half a percent of your money. You're like, okay, now what? Yeah, exactly. That's good. That's, I'm limiting myself. I don't need to go to, to a vacation in Mykonos every year, okay? I You always... Always take the lump sum. You always take the lump sum. Nah. Give me that. You have to take the lump sum. Why? You have to take the lump sum. Because. Because. Why? Why? The time value of money says that's what you do. So you're talking about. Like, seriously. You're talking about depreciation of the money, right? Yes. Like, okay. every single year, the money's going to depreciate over time. So, at the end of the day. Like you want, you want money in hand. You want money in hand, bro. You want money in hand. Mm. And it's not even from like you have to invest in the, like this, the time value of money. Like you want that money now. And then of course you want to make sure that you're making money on your money. But at the end of the day, like you want money in hand. You don't want to wait because whatever it's going to be in 10, 15, 20 years is going to be it's going to be worth less. Could be worth less. Um, All right, there you go. There's your lesson for today, guys. If you win the Powerball, take in a lump sum. <laughs> uh, let's talk. Uh, let's talk Purdue. Let's talk Purdue, and um, let's do it. And how you're feeling about them as a team, and like where you're, where you kind of see them going, going Big Ten wise. Uh, I thought, I thought Zach Eady was Zach Eady. I thought he was in incredible shape. Um, uh, I like Caleb first. I do think that they can – Caleb first can do a lot more, though. Um, and I'm not sure – I'm not sure where that mm. fits with Purdue. Um, how are you feeling about that team? All right. Well, I think, one, you have to take it in bits and pieces. You can do this by by segments of, of positional groups, right? So, for me, start off with Edie. Um, look fantastic. Do I, I think that, um, for instance, I learned anything about Zach E from that scrimmage or exhibition game? Heck no. <laughs> I learned absolutely nothing other than he looks a bit more in shape. That's about it. To be fair, that's a big thing because, again, Edie only played about 20 minutes per game last season um, because that's about all he could give you 
It's, mm-hmm. If he's in a bit more shape this year, right, he's going to give Purdue a bit more, you know, a bit more minutes, which means more productive play and probably a better chance of him winning Big Ten Player of the Year. So that's that's a plus for Purdue fans. I thought the backups behind him, we talked about first, right? I thought first probably could have been a bit more aggressive, um, but I didn't think he was actually that bad. Um, then we go to the, the wings. I thought Kaufman or Trey Kaufman Wren looked really nice. He looks like a nice, nice piece. Also, very confused in why he redshirted last year still. That's besides the point. Um, I thought Gillis always looks good. I, I really like him as a, as a piece for that team. Um, and I'm trying to think. I think that's about it. Where this starts to get interesting is when you get to the smaller wings and the guards. Because, again, Purdue started with Ethan Morton at the three, and then the two freshmen, that's Fletcher Lawyer and Braden Smith, at the one and the two. I, for one, am a little confused at how David Jenkins is not starting over Braden Smith. And I like Braden Smith. But what I saw from David Jenkins when he came out on the court was just a different change of, a different change of pace. I thought he was moving the ball up better from the point guard position for Purdue. And I thought he was a bit more physical and a bit more physically ready to play at the Big Ten level than somebody like Braden Smith. So, again, because I'm sitting there, I'm looking at IU's backcourt, right? I'm looking at Michigan's backcourt now. I'm looking at all these backcourts around the Big Ten, and I look at Purdue's, which are two, don't get me wrong, decent freshmen, but two freshmen that are not exactly very physically dominant, right? In the Big Ten, that spells trouble for me defensively. Offensively, I thought they were fine. Um, you know, they did they had their own freshman moments. But I would say, as far as the as the team goes, I thought Edie impressed me the most. Edie's going to take them places. I thought his backups and the the bigs behind them were really good. That's Purdue's strength, and I think there's a lot of question marks as far as the rotation goes at guard and the three spot. You I got anything that- else? Um, I think with Kaufman ran last year, I'm not sure if he was battling injury, but even if he wasn't, you know, he had to play behind Trevion Williams. He had to play behind Edie. Um, I believe first was going to, was also ahead of him since first started out the year starting. Then you had Mason Gillis as well. So I didn't really see a lot of time for him. And like, like, why, why waste him and play a couple games here and there? When in those games you're probably up by forty or down by forty, why waste a year, right? Um, I heard on the in the intra squad scrimmage that whatever happened in the in the Purdue they they played Truman State, right? Was that the Truman State game? What happened against Truman State? You saw the freshmen had. Like the output between them and Jenkins and Newman was polar opposite. I felt when Jenkins and Newman came came in, it really gave that second group a pop. Now he he may have that have yep. those guys be with the second group because you have first, uh, because you'll have uh, because you'll have Kaufman Wren, right? You're not really focused on jamming the ball down to Edie. Uh, but I think that they can have a nice mix between because you're not just going to be able to have Jenkins Newman be your backcourt and then 
um, Boyer, Smith be your starting group. Because what's going to happen against teams that have a pulse, right? They know that they're wanting to get the ball to Zach yep. Eady. And with Smith and Lawyer there, what to do, they will jam and they will pressure those freshmen and pressure those guys um, where it's going to be tough to get Edie the basketball. And if teams do that, what is yep. what does Purdue do to counter that? You're, you're going to need Ethan Morton and Mason Gillis to do something to get them out of that jam when Ethan Morton is more of like their Swiss Army knife. Then you have Mason Gillis who's being who's usually being created for. You know what I mean? So that could stagnate, that could stall out yeah. the offense. Um I want to see when they're playing a team with the pulse what they end up doing uh with that backcourt. And I don't think it's set yet. But I have heard that lawyer uh has had one one of the best summers for guards. And I heard that Newman was battling some injuries. So, like, so there's, so, you know, there's a reason why the lineups are how they are right now. But when it comes down to being able to help this team right away, especially in the non-conference, I think you're going to look at David Jenkins and Brandon Newman a lot more. But Fletcher, I think, is going to have to really shoot the ball. Uh, and Braden Smith is going to have to be really aggressive when he needs to be. Um, he made some really nice passes. You can kind of see his vision. Um, just from running the offense standpoint, right? But uh, I think they have to figure that backcourt out. And, uh, and when you have guys like Stefanovic, Ivy, Eric, and then Thompson, you have you have those guys leave. It leaves a void in your backcourt. But I think they have guys to fill those gaps. I don't think it's a lost cause. And watching this game. You know, like, I don't think, I don't think they, I think he's okay with this backcourt. I think he's okay with those four guys. I don't think that missing on multiple backcourt guys in the portal, in my opinion, I don't think that's as bad as I thought it was in the summer. Because I think Braden Smith is going to be ready to play. I think Fletcher Lawyer adds adds a lot to this team. And then I was already a believer in Brandon Newman. And then Jenkins, I felt that Jenkins felt like he was ready to play. He was able to make shots too. So, um, I I'm not gonna lie, Ant. I I disagree. I I think the uh, them missing out on. Um, uh, Nigel Pack was humongous because I, I do think that if yeah. if he was on this team, right, I feel like not only is there a lot not a lot of their problems fixed, but I feel like they're the clear favorites for the Big Ten if they get somebody like Nigel Pack. I do, I do, what I do. I think if Edie, what? no, if Edie, no, if Edie no. has a true number two guy to go with him. Like especially in this Big Ten, I think they would have been up there with Indiana and Illinois. I, I think they would, and they're still up there without him, right? Without a guy that averages almost twenty points per game in the Big Twelve. All right, so where would you put them? Not on a where would they finish, but in terms of their team, because I I think with the Big Ten, 
not every year the best team wins the conference. So, like, last year, the best team was Purdue. Yep. They, they did not win the conference. conference they didn't win no. the conference. So, when it comes to, you know, who are the best teams in this conference, where does Purdue fall for you? I think, like, four or five. I think there's a clear top three. And then I think it's between them and Iowa for the fourth or fifth best team. Okay. Now, I think okay. I know. Well, we'll get to my Michigan opinion in a bit because I might actually even be higher on Michigan than, than most people, um, especially after what I saw um, from their scrimmage or from their exhibition game. But I think it goes Indiana, Illinois, Michigan, in my opinion, tied the three of them. And then it goes the set. The next tier is either Iowa or Purdue. And then there's, I think there's another gap. And then there's like Rutgers, um, and and then whoever else you want to put in there, Ohio State. I would put Ohio State up there. Yeah, Ohio State well. in there. Yeah, I would put Ohio State up there, and I would also put. I would also put. Who else is in there? <coughs> I would also put Rutgers in there too, man. Here's the thing about yeah, Rutgers. Uh, yeah, Rutgers I'm not sure. I'm not sure health wise where they are. Hmm. Uh, I can't really – I don't think I can really, like, talk about it. But you'll see in their first game, there's going to be someone not playing. Um, that's, like, a really important piece for them. So it's one of those things where, like, he, like I don't think he played in that first scrimmage either. So if you want to go back and check a box score, of like, hey, this is a guy who's, you know, not playing and he should be playing. So if you want to go back and look at that, you – you can, but I'm not sure how bad that dude is hurt. And I think that's that could impact them in the non-conference because he's a very important player. And this is Rutgers, right? Rutgers, yeah. Okay. So but so my point for the for for the, the tiers of the Big Ten, in my opinion, is do you have a do you have an all American? If you if the if you check the box, the answer is yes or possibly yes. I don't think Illinois does. I think I, I think, think Illinois could they, I don't think so. They could. I don't think so. They I don't could. See it. In that case, Purdue's in that tier because that I, is right there. I, I, they're close. Like they're close. I, I. That's what I'm but saying. You is that the rule? You just said that I, if you have an All American, you are in the group. Okay. Yeah, you're in the group. But I. Okay. Okay. If you have an All American and a bench. If you got if you got an all American and a deep bench, I think you're you're in there. So for instance, Illinois has got a deep bench, right? They go like nine deep, right? In theory. In theory. In theory. In theory, they go nine deep. Also But I don't think they have an all American. I think Terrence Shannon Jr. could be on that team. I think I don't think so. I don't think he'll have the numbers because he's not like he is someone who needs to be created for. He's not a good one on one player. He's not a good ISO player. He he is good with two dribbles or less. How many All Americans are like that? That's fair, but I still I I I, I think he's a good player. I think he's a really think good, he's good, player. A good player. I think he's a really good player. Highlight he's... machine. Yeah. How how hey highlight machine transition goblin, uh, catch and shoot goblin, like catch and rip. One dribble, dunk on your head. He's explosive, but 
when it comes to the game itself, you know, you're not giving him the ball in, in an ISO. You're not giving him the ball to come off a pick and roll. Mm. You know what so, I mean? Okay. I'll revise my statement so that Illinois could be in this tier, the top tier of three teams. Either you, A, have a deep team, com- an almost complete team with an All-American, or B, you have elite or possibly elite depth, right? Um, especially at a positional group. Oh, the second tier is you have a really good big or an All-American type big, but you have defined weaknesses. Like, there's there's clear problems with your team, but... You have a good big. The the tier below that is you have good players. Is that it, do you have a big that is good enough to survive against the top teams? Right. So Rutgers, Rutgers should be in that tier, second then. tier. I think. I think. Th- I think they're close. That's why I had them above Ohio State. As Ohio State again. I'm not sure about Zay Key. Right. So again, I, I'm sitting there. I'm looking at Ohio State. I'm like, yeah, you might have some players, but like. Is your front line going to be able to survive against Edie twice this year? Is your front line going to be able to survive against Trey Jackson Davis and Renaud, Renaud this year? Is, is your front line going to be able to match up against Hunter Dickinson this year? Like, I don't know, right? Yeah. It depends on how far along Felix Okpara is. He's a freshman, one of the top <coughs> centers of this last draft. draft. Yeah. From this last recruiting class, um, very good player. Very good player, um, but but it's a tough league for bigs, as you said. And Zed Key is about what six eight, yeah, six eight. So I mean, it's going to be tough for him. He has held his own against decent bigs, but yeah. still, you know, you yeah. wouldn't put him in the in that like top tier of big men. Exactly. So yeah, I'm sitting here and I'm kind of like. When I look at the rest of the Big Ten and I look at Purdue, they needed a running mate for Edie, and they, he does not have one on this team. There's not somebody on this team that screams running mate, right? There's there's nobody on this team that's going to help him just, like, individually help carry the team on, on this team. And that's got to be I, – I don't think Smith and Lawyer are going to get there this year. I think that's going to have to be someone like Jenkins or Newman or first. Right. But I don't know – I don't know how – I'm just not sure how they're going to acclimate first to be number two. And if your number one and number Mm. two option are both bigs, that's not a good formula for deep NCAA tournament runs. Well, we saw it last year. Their their first and third best players were at the same position. I guess guess Edie would have been second best player because I think Ivy was probably the best player. Ivy won, yeah. Yeah, I think their second and third best player were at the same position. I know you're not high on Travion Williams, but I, I thought he's their third best player. And they, they had to split time with them. And it, Who said you're not high on Trevion? You, I like you used man, you were talking okay. No, 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 no. I said that Trevion Williams it was had elite vision, but was yes. an average passer because he could he saw everything. But mm-hmm. delivering the ball from A to B wasn't always on point. Sometimes it, it ended up in like the uh, end up like in the fourth row, hit it'll hit somebody in the yes. ankles. It'll be thrown out of bounds. So that was my thing with Trevion. Like I thought he had great footwork. I was a good player, underrated rebounder. He was tough as nails. Yeah, really good around the basket. 
He was one of the best bigs last year, period, but he was overlooked because of just how the conference was. But, you know, very, very good player. But I was just talking about his passing only, how he was an okay passer, but he had elite, elite vision. Okay, fair. So, anyways, the second and third best player were at the same position, right? And they struggled last year because they had to split time between them. If that ends up being the case this year, they don't have a Jaden Ivy on this team, right? They don't have they don't have somebody no. to bring to take the pressure off on the perimeter from those two guys if one is having a bad game, right? And so again, that's where I say if they had gotten Nigel Pack, he helps, right? They, it's almost like the same style of team as last year. You have a you have a ball dominant guard that can just take anybody off the dribble on the perimeter. And Nigel Pack, um, and then you have the two bigs, right? That you can rely on down low. If one's having a bad game, you play the other thirty minutes. If if one's having a good game, you know you play him thirty minutes. Like you know they have it's the same kind of formula, but they this year they're just missing that guy. And then people are like, oh, Brandon Newman will take a step up. You know, David Jenkins Jr. None of these guys have proven at the Big Ten level yet, that they could do that. There's question marks. So, again, there's just a giant question mark for me when it comes to Purdue. I think Edie's going to be fantastic this year. They're going to win a lot of games because, again, there's not a lot of people in the country that can stop Edie. But teams that can stop Edie, I am very worried for Purdue as far as what they're what they will do when teams kind of you know figure out how to either get to the guards, like you said, or can take away Edie. Yeah, and, like, you can't really stop Edie, but if you contain him mm-hmm. or force him or you force him in – if you force him to defend really tough actions to where he becomes almost unplayable, especially if he's not scoring the ball, then, yeah, that's, like, kind of stopping him. Um, and then, of course, if you get, get after the guards, they're not going to be able to feed the post or anything. Um, exactly. Let's 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 talk Indiana. So Indiana, I was the highest on Indiana coming into this year after watching them play in their first uh, couple of exhibitions. Uh, I'm kind I'm higher on them now and I think I think they're the best team. I and I, I feel about Indiana how I felt about Purdue last year. I think they're the best team. Mm. I just don't know if they're going to win the conference. Yeah, we have a tough Big Ten schedule. I think we actually have, on paper, statistically the hardest or the second hardest Big Ten schedule. So, <clears throat> again, that's tough. Um, I, I will take my takeaways from the second exhibition because we finally got to see Trace. Tamar Bates played, who I've been pretty high on. Um, I think the freshmen look fantastic. I think you have to lead with that. Um, the second thing I would say is that Trace played that game. He barely played and had 19 points. Um, that was the quietest 19 point and nine rebound performance I've ever seen in my entire life uh, with one hand, basically. So good job, Trace. Uh, I thought Race Thompson looked yeah. off, but that's fine. He looked really good in the first scrimmage. It's fine. Um, Tamar Bates looked like he was uh, prime Troy Williams, uh, which is just completely and utterly out of control at all times. So, um, that's something that needs to be rained down though. I was told after the game that he hadn't practiced in about a week and a half and then played. So to our base. And I kind of, it, it kind of looks that way, right? Like if you, you watch the game, 
he looked completely out of control and just like he was just doing things too fast. Again, he hadn't practiced the week and a half. Kind of makes sense. And then again, last takeaway was that I thought that Trey Galloway looks his shot looks a million times better than it did last year. I thought, you know, I was holding my breath after the first exhibition game because he made two threes in that, that first exhibition. I was like, they look it looks good. Let me see it again. I think he was one of one or two of two in this game as well um, on three-pointers. He he looked really good from three. And that's a guy I think is going to get a ton of playing time if he can spread the floor for this team. Uh, as you know, big race Thompson yeah. guy, I am. I just feel that he was chilling way too much. Uh, mm. in that I expected a lot more from him. <clears throat> uh, and not from like, hey, give me points, rebounds. I was like, no, like, give me – like, hey, you are here to dominate your position. It's like you are here to become an All Big Ten player. Uh, I think that this team has a has a has a chance to go into the meet of Big Ten play. Honestly, as like a top five, top six team ranked in the country, mm. he shouldn't have to just. I think so. He sh- he should never be coasting. And I thought that he was coasting a lot, a lot in these games. Um, he was just on chill mode. And if you want to become a championship caliber team, you can't be on chill mode. Like you've got to be in, I'm going to go, I'm going to dominate. I'm going to put my, I'm going to put my stamp. I'm going to put my print on this team right now. Um, I like the freshman too. Uh, CJ gun, I think has a chance to, he has a, he has a chance to steal some minutes. And that could be from Miller Cop. Yeah. Uh, that could uh, that could be from your boy Galloway. Uh, he, the way that he can shoot the ball, the way that he is an underrated athlete as well, and and he's just someone who fits. You need a shooter. You want someone who can shoot the ball. You're looking at you know, like 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 you no longer have Parker Stewart. He's the one yep. who could really shoot the ball. <coughs> yep. Dunn, That's all he could do, though. That is all Parker Stewart could do. do. I think CJ Dunn can do that and then a lot more as just a pure scorer. Yep. But this team doesn't need him to be all that. All he has to do, be an athlete, work yep. hard on defense, and make shots. He, he doesn't need to create and do all these things because Hood Shafino, Xavier Johnson, those guys can do all that. And, and, and like, when you have someone like CJ – he doesn't need to he doesn't need to force he can always he can always play off the ball pick his spots um i just think that he's he's in a really good situation to rack up some decent minutes when it matters um how do you feel about yep. how, how do you feel about the 3 do you think that I don't think that position settled. I think it's still up in the air with guys like Miller Cop, Tamar Bates, CJ Gunn. Where do you think they go with that when it comes to winning time? Winning time, I I feel like they're going to go with Galloway because again, Galloway has been a guy that's played in winning time. He was in what what uh, Woodson called the winning lineup last year. So it would be late in the fourth quarter. The lineup would consist of Rob Finnessy, Xavier Johnson. Um, uh, Trey Galloway, Race Trace. 
That would be the winning lineup. That was the five. I think this year you just replace Rob Finnessy with Jalen Hunchfino, right? And I think that's that's the five in crunch time you see. Um, I think if CJ Gunn's having a really good game and is shooting well, I think you'll probably see him in there. But I really do think Miller Cop's going to start the game, set the tone, be the guy that runs out, you know, is running transition threes. And I think as the season goes on, we're going to see less of them. And I don't think that's because he's looked necessarily bad. Like I, I legitimately think he's looked good um, through the the first the two scrimmages. He's looked a lot um, more reliable. He's looked ready to shoot the ball. Um, I've seen him in transition, square up instead of leaning on his shots. He kind of he gets his seat, his feet ready. He takes a little bit more time and and sets and actually like follows through on the shot. And he's been making it. So like I I think he's looked better. But I just think the other guys offer you more than what he offers you. Uh, not only just defensively, but just on the in the rest of the offense, like in the flow of the offense, I feel like he's a guy that just sits in the corner, and then like if he gets the ball and he gets a pump fake going, he's gonna just take it, you know, baseline and, and do like a floater. Whereas the rest of the guys, like they're athletes, they move, they cut. Like there's just more that they offer um, than Miller Cop. So I, I see him. I guess we were talking. I was talking about this when we were doing the live view. We were talking on my other podcast about like how many minutes he was going to get. They were talking, about, oh, 20 plus, 20 plus. I'm like, he's getting like 15 at max during the season. Like, maybe. Like, he's going to get the first four until the first timeout or whatever, and then somebody's going to come in for him. And then if he comes back out again and is, is able to shoot the ball, he'll play. If he ain't shooting, he ain't playing. Yeah, and, and you kind of saw like – I think Indiana is in a really good spot because it shows that they're not going to settle for average play. They're mm-hmm. not going to settle for good play. If you're not playing great, you're, you're not going to be in the lineup. And I think that's like that iron sharpens iron thing. And, and it just elevates everybody's play. Because yep. um, you just said like, hey, someone may not be in the rotation because not because they're not playing bad. They're playing good, but they're just being outplayed right now. Yep, and that's that's what gets me most excited about this team. Like, like you said, like the iron sharp is iron thing. Indiana hasn't had this in forever. Okay, we've had to play players that aren't playing well because at least other teams like their skill set keeps them honest, right? Like we played Parker Stewart last year. I think like fifteen to twenty minutes per game. He did nothing but shoot threes. I mean, he was a negative on the defensive end. He could not really pass the ball very well. All he did was a jump was was be a jump shooter. I think he shot like. 30% on twos as well. So like he literally did nothing but shoot threes and we had to play him 15 minutes a game because he was the only reliable three point shooter we had. Now these guys are starting to actually get a three point shot and they offer us way more in the minutes that they're giving. Right. So I really think I use a much more complete team this year. If people were talking about, Oh, you return 90% of scoring or whatever. Like um, it's basically the same team. It's like, no bro. Like this is a completely different team. Like, the freshmen are different. The the sophomores and juniors are are now just different players. This is a just completely and utterly different team. They're deeper, they're more athletic, and they're more dynamic offensively. Absolutely. And I hate the ooh Indiana every year. I'm like, bro, like no one said this every year about Indiana. Like for the last five years, they haven't said like, this about Indiana. It's crazy. <laughs> like who have you been talking to? Like, yeah. Wait a minute. This. I believe when I see it, da, 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 I'm just like, <coughs> I'm like, what does all that have? Like, what is all this made up gibbery Jew have to do with what's going on this year? Like, 
Like this yeah. team, they return their one, four, and five, right? But these guys, they yep. had a new coach last year, new voice. They had to learn how to win. It's yep. hard. It's hard winning. And not yep. only did they slowly learn how to win, they got to the NCAA tournament, uh, and they came out and they they beat a very good Wyoming team, right? They yeah, a, a really good Wyoming St. team. Mary's, but you had some of your better players kind of find themselves like, oh, I'm in the postseason. I like this. I like the taste of it, right? Now they're going into an offseason yeah. where they had a taste. They felt it. Like, oh, this is what winning is. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is what the NCAA tournament is. I kind of want to compare them to Illinois. Illinois was much better in 2019-2020. They were like 13-7 in, the, in yep. the league. But that was their first year that they felt success. Right. Then, but that, was the, but that yep. was the COVID year, though. So they didn't get to go to the NCAA tournament. True. But that year... They felt this is how we win. This is what a winning culture is. And they kind of learned as the season went on. Next thing you know, 2020, 2021, they become a one seed. Right? So I think Indiana had that type of season last year where they had to figure some things out. And then they were rewarded for it with the NCAA tournament berth. And they won a game and and they felt it. They felt it like, okay, this is where we are. This is what we're doing. Let's get used to this. And you have veterans. This is their last go. There's no more after this. So you have veterans now who are, who have finally learned how to win, who are finally ready to take that next step. And then, and then at the two and the three have been upgraded with a pro and depth. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. And shooting. Yes. And have, a pro depth and, and shooting. shooting was a question over the summer. But looking yeah. at what they have, yep. guys worked on their shot. And Hood Shafino showing that he can also be a shooter as well. CJ Gunn showing that he's further along. Uh, Renault showing that, or Renew is showing that you, he can possibly play alongside Trace. Because he does have a little jump yep. shot to go to, like a crazy that jump. step back jumper. Oh my I mean, god! He, <laughs> he got fouled on it once. Yeah, but net on the other. So that's why that's why people are high on Indiana. But the only reason why people are negating Indiana is because of stuff that doesn't matter. Like when I see it, like. Okay, okay, okay. I get it. It's like Indiana, it it doesn't make sense in your head. I get it. But but that is that is a very good team. That is going to compete for a Big Ten championship. I'm not sure if they're going to get there, but I think they're going to be the best team in the conference. And who should finish in that top four? Some Somewhere in there. Okay, and, and to the people that say they, they don't get it, that that's fine. And to people, I've also seen people point out like, oh, they lost six of their last eight regular season Big Ten games, right? Which is fair. We did. To end the season, we went six of, we lost six of eight. But you have to understand more than just the box score, right? This podcast is about more than just the box score. 
right? So for those last six of eight games, one was a Northwestern game away in which we suspended Xavier Johnson, Tamar Bates, Parker Stewart. We, we suspended all of our guards. We played that entire game with no guards, and we lost by, like, five, okay? Yes, we lost Northwestern, but we suspended players, okay? Then I had really tough home and away games. Of the last four games, you won against Maryland. You won against Minnesota away, which was not easy to do last year, by the way. Then we lost at home to Rutgers on a three-point game-winning shot. Fine. You do, you you lose those. We played Purdue. We played them extremely close. That was a two-point game with a minute left, okay, at, in West Lafayette, the hardest place to play, where hardly anybody went in there and won last year, okay? And then we beat go into the tournament – this is like we're talking about the team learning how to win. We learned how to win in those last four games because then the team figure out how, how to play pick and roll with Trace um, and Xavier Johnson and how do the rotations work. And that's why we beat Michigan. That's why we beat Illinois. And that's why we almost damn near made the championship game if we had just not had Jordan Bohannon hit a banked in three-pointer to win the game. Like we play in the championship game. This is a completely different conversation. Because then he, he's been doing those. He's been doing that for like nine years up to that point. He did that twice to Indiana, by the way, in his time in the Big Ten, twice. And one was against one was against <laughs> one was against Tom Creed. Yes, yes, he did that twice. I was there. I was there for both of them. And he did against three Indiana coaches. Yes, exactly. That's ridiculous. He played against Tom needs- Crean, Archie Miller, and your. And Mike Woodson. Yeah. Mike Woodson. <laughs> that should yep. never happen. That dude. It, 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 it wasn't like Archie was there for like one season. No, he wasn't there for one season. Archie was there for four. He was there for four. He played against. He was there for four. He played against all of them. I am so glad he's out of the Big Ten. He could do all the podcasts with Barstool he wants. I. Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move on to Michigan. Michigan had their scrimmage or exhibition against the state. Uh, yep. I'm going to let you go, but I need to preface with, with this that uh, Michigan did not play their top six players after the 12 minute mark in the second half. Yeah. Up by like yes. 30. All right, go go ahead, go ahead. All right. My opinion on Michigan is this. People are sleeping on them, and they have been all summer. They put them in the top three, but then they put them a tier below Indiana and Illinois. This team's good. This team is really, really good. Like, really, really good. And, yes, I think 1A, Jet Howard is not going to do that in a regular season basketball game. Okay? I'll put money. He does not have a 30-point game this year. I'll put money on it. I'll put money what? on it. He's he had thirty with twenty minutes. He's not getting twelve shots in a game. Hunter Dickinson's taking more he than eight. Twenty minutes. Yes, but he's not making six of eight from three. He had thirty with thirteen. He was six of eight from three. He was on. Okay, 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 okay. This is taking away from my opinion. I think Michigan is clearly top three, if not one. Okay, to win the Big Ten. I think they're a complete team. They look really good. They have very good individual pieces. They they have multiple ways they can attack you. I think they have a decent point guard. I thought he didn't have a very good game. I think he'll be fine. Kobe Bufkin, Jalen Llewellyn, they look decent. 
Uh, I like Terrace Williams a lot, even though I, he didn't really do a ton on offense. I don't think he really needs to because you have Hunter Dickinson and Jet Howard. That being said, I don't expect Jet Howard to score 30 points per game. Is that better? He might score 30 in a game. Per game, yeah. Yeah, like, like, look, he – okay, okay. Okay, okay, okay. He's 10 of 12 from the floor, 6 of 8 from 3, and he's not – that's not going to happen that's again. That's what he does. That's what he does. That's, that's ridiculous. That's – okay, against high-level competition, he's not getting the open shots he got. Uh, right, 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 right. Um, here's, here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. <laughs> After watching all of the exhibitions, uh, I, I came in – over the summer, I had Michigan in that second tier. I think Michigan is still in that second tier behind Indiana. I really? Kobe Bufkin had one of the greatest summers I have seen <clears throat> in a long time, no matter from what team. What he looked like yesterday was more impressive than Jed Howard. And okay. why I say that is because Kobe scored – six or seven different ways to get to his 22 or 23. Yep. Mind you, this is someone yep. who had like nine or 10 points against like an HBCU team or something outside of that. Like he was like, he looked timid, didn't look ready for the moment. The dude had to have gained 12, 15 pounds. His body looks completely different. The first play was for him and he gets fouled immediately. Uh, he was scoring curling to the basket. He had wrong leg layups. If you're shooting wrong leg layups, that just means that you are comfortable and you are <laughs> chilling. He would hit you in the mid-range. One, two, uh, midi. He was he, mm-hmm. he, he dunked on a dude. He hit him from three off the spot up. He had a little jab and like a step back three. He got fouled from the mid-range. He said, look, look, bro, like, he's like looking at the menu. How do you want these points to go? You got your choice. Right. You got you got your appetizer. You got your main dish. You got your dessert. How do you want it? So I thought that was very impressive. It was impressive what mm. Jet did. Jet is a microwave. If he's hot, you want to get him the ball. And people yeah. are asking, like, how big he is. Uh, Hunter Dickinson okay. has said, He's almost 6'9". So he's all right. of 6'8", almost 9". <laughs> the way he moves on the court, it it looks like he's 6'6". Six, six. But right. he's taller than that. Um, right. Dylan Llewellyn and Hunter were chilling. Because they just let their guards kind of go. They let them hoop. This team has two question marks that are going to worry me. The four spot. Is one of them depth? No. The four spot is one of them. Okay. The other one is who is going to do the dirty work that nobody wants to do. And I think that's going to have to be Terrence. It's going to have to be Will Cheddar. I don't think that's going to be Joey Baker. Um, I'm sitting here like, why doesn't Isaiah Barnes play some four? Uh, Jace Howard was first to check mm. in. I'm not sure if that's going to be a regular thing or if that's just for the exhibition. I don't know. If hey Isaiah Barnes at the four, bro, you don't even need to score, really. As athletic as he is, 
He can be really he right. can he can help from a rebounding standpoint, a quickness standpoint, guarding bigger fours, but he's gonna be strong enough, athletic enough to stay with them and then go be a nuisance on the offensive end. I would love to see Isaiah Barnes run some at the four because the two and the three, based off what I saw in that exhibition, kind of locked up right now. What Kobe was able to do, mm. what Jet was able to do, it looks like those are the guys there. And you're going to have Llewellyn drop to the two at some times because Doug is very good with the basketball. And so when Jalen moves, when Doug moves Jalen down to the two, you can see some Kobe at the three, right? So I just think you have right. a situation with Isaiah Barnes that he's going to be able to plug in possibly at the four and earn some minutes that may not have been there. You know what I mean? Um, but mm. they don't have they don't have that guy. They don't have that tough guy. They don't have that SOB. They don't have that guy who's going to come into the game, and all he's worried about is getting the team more possessions, stopping the other team, and trying to rebound everything. I think that's what they need, and I don't know who that's going to be. Right. I think Hunter is going to have a better year this year because I think – not because I, because I know there's better spacing around him. Like the, he's not out there playing with another dude that's taken up a space, right? And so, you know, I thought he'd he'd probably have a bit more touches this game. Um, I, he didn't need to, right? Because I think Jet was just like going nuclear, and so was Kobe, honestly. So, um, I, I think this this team is better a better fit for Hunter Dickinson. I think this team is a better fit for Kobe Bufkin. I think this team is a better fit. like I just I look at the players out in the court. And I know that you know Michigan only won by thirteen or whatever, and because they're only playing, well, they only play their starters like twenty minutes each. Um, like honestly, like, I looked at the way yeah. they they were playing together. I looked at like the style they were playing, and I'm like, it's just it feels like a more complete team than what they had last year. Also, the guys taking threes on this team and spacing the floor yeah. aren't Canadian frauds, so it helps. It helps. <laughs> That does help. That that does help. And I think to to kind of add on to that, Michigan needs to make sure that they need to play to Hunter. I know this was a big game for those guards, big game for those guards, but you need to understand who you have at the five. Right? You're not gonna you're not gonna win by jacking up a bunch of threes. Now, if you're doing like what Kobe was doing where he was at the rim, he was at the midi shooting high-quality shots, that's big. Jet shot a lot of heat checks that end up going in, right? So you make sure that that, that, like, there's good balance. You're not hurting chemistry. You're making sure that all you Mm. care about is winning. What is the highest-quality shot right now? If you need to slow it down, you need to slow it down. Hey, let's let's get a post-touch. And I saw it in real time. Fair State, the way the game was played the first five minutes defensively for them was way different than the second half. It was unreal. On the post-touch in the first half, Hunter, the help was within four or five feet. He got a touch in the second half. The help was like wondering if they should go or not. And they were twice as far away now. (laughs) So I'm like, that's what spacing has done just in – just during this game. <clears throat> right, you know? exactly. So getting Hunter more one-on-one opportunities is going to be huge. 
And Michigan State just got a huge stop on fourth and ten. What What is your opinion on uh, Michigan's defense? I, I don't think you really take much out of this game. Um, again, They're flying it's a- around. They're flying around. Um, yeah. They, they can switch the one through four seamlessly. Seamlessly. Yep. They, they can switch the one through four. Um, uh, they don't have to, like, not switch with certain guys. And the way that they're able to move around, the way that they're able to bother the basketball, uh, they showed some pressure. They showed some pressing. Um, they showed they showed why Florida State had a really hard time guarding them. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, right. had a really hard time scoring the ball because Michigan was flying around all over the place and they were getting into guys shorts and all that. But when the shot goes up, I, I still want to see some nastiness in the paint. You can't have all finesse players. You need that one dude who was just going to go in there and throw his body around still. Yep. I, I honestly think, I think that'll probably be Terrence Williams, but I it's gotta be, it's gotta be a, I don't know if Terrence. I mean, Terrence has the mentality. He's not. He's not that yeah. type of athlete, though. Like that's that's mm. kind of why. Like I like Terrence, and I like Terrence playing about twenty minutes. But you think Isaiah Barnes? I think Isaiah gets Barnes or or like Will Cheddar. I think those are two guys who want to play, mm. who can add that type of mentality of that like junkyard dog mentality. Just be that bruiser. Just be someone who's just going to go in there, throw his body around, play tough on the mm. boards. Just be that guy. Like, they need Jace Howard's energy. If they have Jace Howard's energy and mentality, I think the ceiling for this team goes up exponentially because <laughs> they're, they're, they're a little too finesse right now, a little too finesse. I like their team, but if I'm to nitpick, a little bit too finesse. And if they could just have that one dude – who's not a negative on offense, but who's going to be an MFer on the other end. I think that's going to really change, change this team to becoming, Hey, this is not a team that can not only compete for a big 10 title, but they can in good matchups. They can get to a final four. And then at that point, who knows? Here's my hot takes on Michigan. You ready for them? Hot take. Number one is that Michigan will have the most efficient offense in the big 10 by the end of the year. I think I look at their offensive pieces. I look at the way they play. I look at their coach, who I'm very high on, and I go, they're going to get the right shots and the right situations for the right players, right? I think they'll still be behind Iowa, but I can see them top two or three. Yeah, yeah. They're going to be up there for sure. And hot take number two, this might be a discussion. We've talked about Michigan State having the best backcourt in the Big Ten are we sure they're even the best backcourt in the state? Are don't say. Are we sure? Don't say it. Stop. Are we sure? Stop. Are we sure? Stop. Are we sure? Calm down. Are we sure? To calm down. Look, I don't think they don't have an individual. Hogard, Tyson Walker, Jaden Akins in the backcourt. They don't. I, they don't have an individual that's better than A.J. Hogard, I don't think. However, I think they are all – like, I think they would fit at the two or three at Michigan State. I think they're better than Walker, and I think they're better than Aikens. 
think all three Aikens of them. Aikens is hurt right now, so I don't know. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to wait and see on that hot take, though. Aikens was much better than Kobe last year. But it's starting to heat up on my plate, okay? It, it's but, sitting there yeah, in the microwave. Year, I don't know, bro. I don't know. I I don't know. Like, it's an exhibition, so I'm going to kind of hold my tongue. But I said it was a hot take, okay? Yeah. I said it was a hot was take. That was boiling hot. That was, that was 3,000 degrees type hot. Uh, look, all I'm saying is this. They have the ability to be a bit more dynamic than that Michigan State basketball, that backcourt. I think they do. I think Jed Howard, like three level scorer, heat check guy. You've Kobe Bufkin, who I you said scored like six different ways. I, I was yeah. I was so impressed with him. And I I thought Jalen Llewellyn, I thought had an okay game. Okay. And he was chilling. He really didn't do he much. was chilling. He, was he still chilling. with three assists, one turnover, six rebounds, had a, you know, made a made a layup when he needed to, didn't force shots. He doesn't need to force things on this team. He's more of a creator, anyways. And those other guys, he makes them better, right? So I'm sitting here, I'm thinking, they just I think they they the three of them work together better than what I've seen at Michigan State. Because I feel like at Michigan State, it's more of AJ Hogard, you know, fronting almost all of the load, and then the other two kind of benefiting off of the uh gravity that he he and his play attracts right whereas these three are just going to benefit off of hunter dickinson's gravity and they're going to be able to kind of play their own game so i think at the end of the year we're going to look at them and be like they might have the best backcourt are they individually the best players in the big 10 probably not no but i think that they are going to benefit a from hunter dickinson and b from the system that they play in i'll say this too they are really they're really similar in terms of personnel. After last night, um, AJ Hogard, Jalen Llewellyn would be the two that are similar. Uh, but Llewellyn hasn't really proven that he's able to take over a game, control tempo, get to the rack, and disassist like AJ does, right? Tyson Walker yeah. and Doug McDaniel, smaller guards. Yeah. Tyson's a much better shooter, uh, better defender as well, too. And Doug's a, and Doug is a, is a true freshman. Jaden Akins, he's hurt right now. Was much better than Kobe last year. wasn't even close. I can't wait to see Jaden Akins come back, and I want to see if this is for real from Kobe. Yeah, because I I was so impressed from Kobe. I was well. I mean, Jay, Jet Howard just in general was very impressive. Um, I want to see a game where he struggles. Right? How does that affect the offense? Right. Because, again, remember, we had Hunter on the uh, on the in the space. Right. And he was talking about, oh, he's got to learn when to take shots, when not to, you know, like that, you know, he's got to kind of learn his role in this team. Like that to me kind of told me that, like, when he when he ain't hitting, like, it's going to be frustrating for people to watch him play because he's going to take some boneheaded shots where you're kind of like, bro, just like working around the offense. Somebody surely has a better shot than you. Um, But again, if he's playing lights out and he's feeling himself because again, the space the Hunter provides the way the offense, you know, kind of gets shooters open, you know, that what, uh, you know, coach Howard is running at Michigan, like really good stuff. He's going to benefit from what his dad runs. Right. So um, if he can continue to play at a very high level, like he could be in the running for big 10 freshman of the year at the end of the year, very much could be. That's I think it is Hutchinson's award, though. 
But I'm really high on Michigan. I am telling you, I'm really high Hood on Michigan. Shafino, maybe Sky Hood Shafino, Sky Clark. Who else? Hood Shafino. Sky Clark. I think Jed Howard should be in that conversation. Jed Howard. I think those are the three. Yep. I think those are the three. I think Jed Howard or Sky Clark's there because there's he there's there's really no other option. He has to be the guy for Illinois that, that's going to be the, the primary ball handler um, or at, at that guard yeah. position, at least. Right? There's, there's not really anybody else. Like, I don't know, Ty Rogers is like, you, you need a guy that's a bit smaller. can take guys off the dribble. He's going to, he's going to get playing game, right? Jay Hutchfino, because he's, he's a dude. Like he's really good. I mean, better than people have even advertised so far. I think he's really good. And he's going to get the playing time. And then Jet Howard, again, he's going to get the playing time. Right, so it's a, it's going to be guys that get a lot of minutes. They're going to be up for the award. I think they're probably the three freshmen that are going to get the most minutes, honestly, just based off of you know their situations. I'm trying to think of any other freshmen that are really going to be up there. I think I think that's I think there are other really good freshmen, but I don't think they're going to. Mm. I just think that those three have a situation that is. Perfect for freshman of the year. Hood Shafino starting two. Sky Clark starting point guard on the team that doesn't have any veteran point guards. And then Jet Howard, your right. starting wing on a team. And then these are also the three teams that we see as being um we see as being at the top of the league. And that also gives precedent too. Um guys like Jackson Kohler are going to be good, but when it comes to like numbers being put up, it's going to be those three. It's going to be those three. But um, yo, uh, yep. My, one last, one last question for you. One last question. One last question. Jet Howard over under fifteen points per game as a freshman. Go under. You think under under fifteen? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that he's going to go into Big Ten play around there a little bit more. But Big Ten teams are gonna are gonna hold him to like they're that number's gonna get lower and lower throughout the Big Ten season. Okay. That's fair. All right, bro. Good pod. Good pod. I think so. Um yeah. quick thing. Michigan State, I'm not sure who's gonna win this game. Michigan State was up by eight in the red zone. On yep. third down, on third down, Illinois has no timeouts with like a minute left. They pass the ball, incomplete. Then they missed the field goal. Like you have to run that ball, right? Yes. Like yeah, you got to run the, the clock is your best friend. Yeah, clock is your yeah. That's wild. But yo, good pod, man. I'm gonna finish out the rest of this game and then uh, I'll holler at you. All right. See ya. Later, people.